to another episode of Trippers Trippin'. Trippers Trippin' is a podcast by the young, black, and sexy. That's me, Spirit, and... Your girl, Beans. A We are beautiful co-hosts. This podcast is for those interested in traveling and psychedelics, tripping of all kinds. This podcast is only for mature listeners, so please don't listen if you're under 18. And come back when you are. Today's episode is episode two, How to Travel Through Time. We'll be discussing how it was for us to travel to places as a young person and then revisit them as an adult and how those experiences differed. So let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone. This is me, Spirit. Welcome back to Trippers Trippin'. We're so glad to have you here with us. So my time traveling story is about Amsterdam. Jealous. (laughs) Just going to say right here now the entire episode, beans will be salty. Yeah. Because Beans wanted to go to Amsterdam, but then, you know, Corona happened, so wasn't in the cards. So the first time I ever went to Amsterdam, I was like eight years old, maybe seven, maybe six. I'm pretty sure I was seven or eight. Um, I went to Amsterdam with my family. Uh, We would often go on like holiday to different European countries with my grandparents because my grandparents are from Europe and my dad is from Europe. Um, so we would go on these trips together, and we went to Amsterdam like as a family unit. So it was like me, uh, my parents, my siblings, and my grandparents. Um, I remember it was like raining a lot, like a lot, a lot, and like we were all dressed in like matching raincoats, which was that's like a mistake many parents make. Your kids really don't need to be matching. Um, you can buy them individual gear to tell them apart if that's what you want. Preposterous. I think so. Anyways, uh, it was raining a whole lot. Um, I think we had a really good time. Uh, I do remember we went to the Anne Frank house. Obviously, this was like a family vacation, so there was like a lot of visiting the Rijksmuseum, which is like the very famous art museum where they have like paintings by Van Gogh um, and lots of like really other like important artists as well. Lots of like Dutch Hague school paintings, which are like those paintings you see of like lonely windmills in the mist. Uh, which are like very popular and it's like a style of painting from I believe the 19th or 18th century um, in the Netherlands which is where Amsterdam Amsterdam is and I think one of the interesting things about the Netherlands is that sometimes people call it Holland and sometimes people call it the Netherlands but it's the same country (laughs) in German I think we call it the Netherlands or whatever Um, but then the people are called Dutch even though their country is the Netherlands and or Holland so it really like you know if you're from France, you're French. If you're from Germany, you're German. But if you're from the Netherlands, you're Dutch. Why? No one knows. <laughs> um, uh, because of legal weed, you can do anything. Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah, we went to Amsterdam. Obviously, we did not go into the red light district at all because, like, we were little kids and this was, like, a family trip. But I remember we went to the Anne Frank house. Um, I remember feeling, like, sad about it, but also, like, thinking that um, the that, like, whole experience was very beautiful. There was, like, a virtual tour you could do to, like, see how the building like would have looked um at the time Anne Frank was like living there um and we like went to museums and we ate pretzels and had that really delicious um German or not German but European version of coca-cola which for some reason always tastes better and more carbonated than that you get in America I don't know why is it because of the lack of high fructose corn syrup? Maybe, maybe that is what it is. it is. I don't know. But a like a lot of legal crack in our things. <laughs> there is a lot of legal crack. Yeah, that was like a thing. Every time we would go back to Europe, we'd be like most excited to like get that special Coca-Cola. It's like when you go to yeah, or like in how in Europe and the Caribbean, like the milk tastes so much better than the milk in America. It's 
It's very true. Anyways, um, yeah. So that was the first time I went to the Netherlands. I just remember it being like a very chill family vacation of like just going out and eating and like sightseeing and stuff. And um, that was when I was around seven or eight. The second time I went to the Netherlands was a very different experience. Again, I went to Amsterdam, <laughs> um, but this was a trip I took on the weekend. Um, this is when I was living in Paris the first time. I was studying abroad and um, it's very cheap to take these weekend bus trips to places. And my really good friend, um, I won't use their real name, but their nickname is Mama-san. So Mama-san, if you listening, hey boo, I love you. Thank you for organizing all those weekend trips for us, even though we were poor. <laughs> so we were all so broke because Paris is a super expensive city. So I had enough money, like, and it was supposed to be my money for the week. I got to go on like two weekend trips because I was so broke. So I used my money for the week on the bus ticket to go from Paris to Amsterdam and like my payment for like the part of the hostel. And so I had pretty much no money except a really little bit like to eat. Um, so yeah, Mama-san would organize these trips for us, like pick the hostel, like uh, we would all agree that we were going, find like the bus tickets, and then we would forward Mama-san the money and we would go. So now go ahead. out of curiosity, now is at the time about how old are you? Oh yeah, so I'm sorry, I'm 19 years old. At this time, yeah. and now is Mama-san your age, older? Mama-san was my age, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. But were they from, like, the area? So no, Mama-san is from Mexico, okay. um, but had been living in New York, and then came to study abroad in Paris. Okay, um, okay. So yeah, me and, well, let me give you some some context. So me and Mama-san met at um, a party by the river, which are like these very fun kind of casual drinking parties, drinking, smoking hashish in Paris. Like nice. people are groups of friends and people are partying by the river, the Seine, which runs like throughout all of Paris, nice. like pretty much any night that it is warm enough to be out. Also some funky stuff happens down there sometimes, but um, it was <laughs> a bunch of kids who were like all studying abroad that year. We're all like in, you know, late teens, early twenties. This is me. This is 19-year-old spirit. So imagine spirit, I know you don't know what I look like, but long 18-inch clip-in extensions, a thick mask of makeup, perhaps one shade too dark, and very thick but perfectly winged eyeliner. And perfectly a, winged, I've seen it. Perfectly winged, impeccable. On every occasion, the rest of my life, a mess. My eyeliner, <laughs> on point. And then a, a dark lip stain. <laughs> <laughs> So at my most intense stage, I would say. Um, so yeah, it's like a bunch of study abroad kids. Uh, we're hanging out by the river, drinking beers. Um, <laughs> I, at some point, like saw some uh, like Algerian dudes and Tunisian dudes like smoking um, kind of just a little bit away from where our group was. So I was like, I'm gonna go smoke with them. So I went over and they gave me like some hash. We were smoking cigarettes and they asked me where I was from. And I was like, oh, I'm from Baltimore. They were like, Baltimore, live wow, live wow. And I was like, what? They were like, live wow, live wow. And I was like, oh, you mean the, the wire. wire. Oh, I was my like, goodness. the wire. Yes, that is, <laughs> that is so, where that is I am from. That's such our stereotype. Listeners, there is more to Baltimore than the wire, I swear. Like, we have an entire harbor with a beautiful aquarium. <laughs> we have an entire harbor. <laughs> but it's crazy because, like, black French kids know Baltimore also. I remember switching again um when i was in guadalupe which we talked about in our last episode a little bit i met this black french boy and he asked where i was from i said baltimore he was like baltimore vroom vroom les motos because the videos that kids take when they're doing those motorcycle and dirt bike tricks are like world like famous and like black kids in like france 
who also do motorcycle and dirt bike tricks, like watch the videos from Baltimore and like we're famous for that. We are actually that makes a lot of sense. I haven't heard a lot of people reference that in my travels, but that's super cool because when we went to like Nigeria, they're not doing tricks. Mm-hmm. Like they're it's not to doing get from A to B. Yeah. yeah, and my dad was like, "Man, can you imagine if Baltimore's were popping wheelies over here in these roads?" So I guess that is something that is very like booming over here. I never thought about that. The other day by one of the parks, I like these kids could be in Cirque du Soleil. Like there is actual circus school people go to to learn how to do the stuff these kids learn on their own. A boy, he was riding a motorcycle, but he was standing up with one leg off of it, like balanced, <laughs> like perpendicular. Like it was incredible yeah. and doing all of these beautiful tricks. So we yeah. just have so many talented youth here. Um, but yeah, so that night I had gone <laughs> to go smoke hashish with those guys. And I actually ended up getting like a month of free cell phone credit from one of those men because he owned a free phone store. Nice. Uh, he just gave it to me. Um, this is apparently a tradition. I had a Tunisian friend later on at one of my jobs. If you a few years ago when I returned to Paris for the second time she's like oh yeah Tunisian men they always give you gifts before they try to romance you it's like always the gift giving I'm like I love it give me a gift Um, I'll build you a house love me (laughs) so I had gone back to them the study abroad group after I was hanging out with those guys and I ended up sitting by Mama San and we both just looked at each other like hey bitch you're fabulous um, and I was like, I just smoked hashish with those guys. And Mama San was like very impressed. And then we just ended up like reading everyone at the party to filth and had like one of those instant connections you have with people. Yeah. Um, and then it was me, Mama San, and D Nasty um, ended up being like a three person like best friend group. We would go to all the gay clubs, getting all kinds of crazy, crazy ass adventures together. Me and Mama San were so close. Like, <laughs> so Mama San is a gay man. Um, and me and Mama San were so close that we would like be out. I remember one time we were out at a bar, a different night after our friendship had already blossomed into something truly beautiful. And Mama Sun was like, this guy I just met on Grindr uh, wants me to come suck his dick. Can you come with me to make sure he doesn't murder me and just stay in the yes. room? I was like, of course I will, <laughs> because I'm a good friend. Yes. Um, but when we went to the place, somehow the man was like, watching us from one of the above windows we were still down on the street he was like who is that girl with you like messaging him he's like who's that girl with you tell her to go home he's like i'm not gonna like mom sounds like i'm not gonna come up and just like be with you like i don't know you like she needs to like at least be in the apartment and he was like no and we were like okay then we're leaving so we started to walk away and then the man like texted mama son like okay good now just let her keep walking and you come back <laughs> you like, i don't know what you think this is so this is the context of me and Mama San's friendship. Um, we had gone um, on a weekend trip to Brussels before I think we went to Amsterdam with some other people who were in that kind of study abroad cohort. We weren't always in the same program, but just people who were studying abroad at that time in Paris. But this time just me and Mama San went together. Um, so first of all, we almost missed the bus to Amsterdam. Um, it's about a four hour bus drive, four to five hours, because you have to go through um, Belgium to get to the Netherlands um, but we were late we took the you, we took the metro to get to like the bus station where all the buses going to different countries leave we were so late we were like the last people to get on the bus let me tell you first of all this bus driver was one an asshole and two most definitely racist damn we get there I have my like German passport because I am European I don't give a fuck if I'm brown don't try to come for my nationality he was like whose passport is this in French I was like this is my passport it's my face this is my name and he was like why were you late i was like do you really need to be asking me that and he was like do you want to get on this bus or not and then mama san knows i'll pop off <laughs> mama san was like spirit 
stop just like let it go so we can get on the bus because like that bus driver was like such an asshole he like did actually have the power to keep us from getting on the bus mm-hmm. so i just like swallow my tongue swallow my pride and i'm just silent and this little fart of a man lets us get on the bus we get on the bus everyone is excited to go to amsterdam people are like whoa and like shouting whoa amsterdam cafe culture cafe culture amsterdam that would, amsterdam. That would definitely be me. yeah like the bus is live so people are shouting over the intercom the asshole bus driver goes in french everyone shut up <laughs> the whole bus goes silent but then we're still talking and he literally and maybe this was after we already gotten our way but there was a point where we were being loud on the bus and he i guess he stopped the bus if we were already on our way and he came up to the second level because we were all on the second level of the bus it was like two level bus and came and just walked through the aisle staring at everyone and we all just fell deadly silent as he walked by he was not in the mood like why was he so unhappy he was i don't know someone give this man an amsterdam hug he was driving the night bus to amsterdam and this man was like probably in his 50s so like his life trajectory was obviously not on a (laughs) on a peak at that point it was in a trough um yeah and you know he's driving a bunch of some kids who are already high not me by a bunch of rowdy ass kids to amsterdam so i don't know he was annoying but whatever uh so we were on the bus someone's giving out shots of jaegermeister the bus is already on its way uh we meet this uh black american girl who's like sitting in the aisle across from us she's really cool she's gonna go meet some friends in amsterdam people are yeah people are passing around the jaegermeister jaegermeister i think personally is disgusting we're taking shots of jaegermeister just to be involved in the party um, but yeah, just like bonding, chatting with people, laughing about how crazy this fucking bus driver is. There's like a group of boys, uh, like a few rows ahead of us who smell terribly of weed. Um, and we're like, they're going to get kicked off this bus because this bus driver is not playing around. Um, but eventually we get to Amsterdam. Um, it's like the dead of the night. We're like freaking exhausted. And because we arrived either so late or so early in the morning, we couldn't go to our hostel, which was right in the red light district. So I think a lot of people think of Amsterdam as being all the red light district, but the red light district is a very small portion of Amsterdam. The red light district is really where you can smoke weed freely. Um, and then also, um, visit prostitutes if that's your prerogative. I'll get a little bit more into that later. Um, and so we couldn't check into our hostel and then the American girl couldn't either, um, or she was still waiting for her friends. So we go immediately to one of the weed cafes, which is like always open. The cafe we went to the most was called the Bulldog. And there's like a couple different locations of the Bulldog throughout the red light district, but it was super nice. Um, they have like really nice wooden tables. It's like a very chill yet cozy. It kind of feels like you're in a cabin, like weed environment. Um, so you can buy these packs of pre-rolls. Um, I think I got like um, two packs of one of White Widow and one of a different kind. And these are like fat joints. And again, I don't smoke weed. I don't do drugs anymore. But like these were like fat joints, really nice weed. And like the pre-roll packets come with like really cool ass designs too. And then you could just like sit at the tables and smoke. I think they had like beverages also, not like weed infused, but like coffee or tea or something. I don't remember. Um, and then they also had space cakes. Um, and these were like the most delicious edibles ever, like chocolate space cakes that came in this little box that just like melted like in your mouth. They were delicious and also buttery. So yeah, it's me, Mama San and the American girl. For some reason, I feel like there was a fourth person there, but I just, I don't know a face or a name. I, there was a presence of a fourth a person. Video. I don't know. It was a, 
a celestial being. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're just sitting around this table, like just smoking and talking, and I guess maybe having coffees to try to stay awake, like for hours, just having really a good ass time, uh, waiting for the time we can check into our hostel. Um, and eventually that time rolls around. We've been in this cafe for hours, um, just like connecting and vibing, like getting high. I was like having one of like the most pleasant like highs of my life, honestly. Uh, so then we split up. We will never see the American girl again. We exchanged numbers. We texted her. She never texted us back. I don't know what it means. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I really hope nothing bad happened to her. We just thought she was ignoring us. But anyways, let's assume she's fine and <laughs> nothing bad happened to her, I hope. Um, so we go to our hostel. This hostel. So Mama-san found this hostel, but did, could not have known what was waiting for us there. Again, we were poor. We were doing some of the cheapest options. The room we stayed in, again, this hostel's right in the red light district. Um, and the room we stayed in housed like 18 people. So it was lined wall to wall with bunk beds, but like th triple decker bunk beds, like three beds, a stand. So it's when we enter, it's already full of people in various stages of their journey. Some are passed out, some are genuinely sleeping. There was a man when we walked in, we asked people, is he okay? They said, he's been sleeping for three days, he's fine. I never saw him get out of bed the whole time I was there, which was for like two nights, I think, or maybe three nights. We were there for a weekend, but he was alive. He was alive, we checked. But you won't stay in a condo lodge in Rehoboth? I will for not two stay. Nights. And I told you because this is my past. <laughs> this is not my present. I will not stay in the condo lodge. <laughs> You're right. I, will, I shan't. Shan't do it. Um, yeah. So the room is full of people from all walks of life and all nationalities. There's uh, British kids. Uh, I remember there was a British girl who was like on one of the bottom bunks below me and she was just farting and snoring all the time. And they were like, they were not like the, the posh kind of British. They were like, and you want your band, 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 Are we going to the... They were like very loud all the time and like fucked up all the time. Um, there was at one point, one of... So I was in the top most, like... I was in like the third layer of a bunk. I was like on the, on the top of one. So like the ceiling is like right close to my face, inches away from my nose. I didn't care because we were literally just there to sleep and we were getting so high, you would just like, you know, fall asleep and almost really not care. I did not shower. I, was there a bathroom? I don't even remember a bathroom. I definitely did not shower while I was there because that would have been a disgusting disaster. This place was grimy. There was a weird, really dirty carpet uh, lining all of the like stairways and hallways and common areas. It was like built in the Amsterdam style. So if you've seen pictures of Amsterdam, um, all of the buildings are really tall and skinny. And that's because at the time when they were built, property taxes in Amsterdam were calculated on the width of the house. So that's why all the buildings and houses in Amsterdam are built so tall and skinny. Because when they were built, it was more expensive to build a wider house. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's something I actually learned last year um, in one of my economics classes. So I thought that was pretty pretty cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, so it's very tall and skinny. You feel like you're in like almost an old timey brothel. There's just so many little corners and things, but at the same time, you always feel very claustrophobic. So there was also just like a layer of gray grime over everything. And that was something I really did not like about the Red Light District. So as I told you, when I was a kid, I went there. We did not go anywhere near the Red Light District. We were just in the part of Amsterdam where it's like, boats and pretzels and boat rides and the Anne Frank house and museums and nice cafes. 
Um, the red light district is dirty. It is dirty as fuck. There's trash everywhere because you have people coming from literally all over the world, all over Europe, all over Asia, Amsterdam, and where the red light district is very famous and it draws people in, um, obviously for what it offers. Um, and that also draws a, a certain type of crowd. Um, I will go off to say, like, I really did not like the prostitution aspect of the Red Light District. It was very jarring and actually quite, like, horrible to see. Um, what was the biggest impression on me was, I think, one of our first mornings we were walking around and we were really stoned. And I realized that at night, all of the women in the windows are white. But the very early morning shift is where they have, like, all the black women in, like, different sections. So it's, like, segregated. Oh. And they looked like they were, like, worse off, oh. like, than those at night. Like, oh. just in terms of their appearance and, like, general health. Yeah. So that was something that was really troubling for me. It had such a big impact on me because I'm stoned. Uh, I was stoned, and when I was stoned, when I'm stoned, um, I am so, like, perceptive to, like, or extra perceptive to, like, injustice or just, like, extra empathetic. Things affect me more. I'm not able to, like, block them at all. And, again, that's one of the reasons I don't smoke or do drugs anymore but yeah so i did not like that um you also have to understand people are coming to this place like for sexual tourism and that attracts a lot of super creepy old men mm -hmm. so you know you may be like wandering around the red light district having a good time with your friends you know being high which at times i was but you're walking down like one of the the red light streets i guess you could say um because not every street has the women in the windows on it like mm -hmm. some streets are streets where they like have shops that sell you like there's literally stores that will sell you like peyote and ecstasy and mescaline like in like the actual shop and i did not do any of that because part of it was because at the time it was so weird for me to see something stolen <laughs> to see something sold in a store I actually felt like i was like i can't trust drugs that don't just come from the street sold in a store this seems suspicious the quality is probably worse yeah that's where my mind this was. isn't shady enough for me to buy yeah literally i was like this is too out in the open this can't be can't be what i want this is a cover up for a bust yeah it was also just like super weird um as well like i'll just like there that there's stores like selling just lemon flavored ecstasy and peyote and like a jar um, a lot of people go to amsterdam to do the magic truffles so truffles are different from mushrooms and that you know a mushroom is the reproductive part of the fungus and it grows above the ground the truffle is like what grows below the ground um, so it's a different kind of uh, fungus um, and apparently this has a somewhat different effect i've heard different things uh, from people i did not do those but um i've heard some people have really great experiences and one person have a terrible experience where she did the magic truffles and she forgot her name and could not remember anything about herself except for her mother's cell phone number and her social security number. And she said she was just repeating those numbers to herself for hours because she couldn't, she forgot who she was. So please be careful if you do go to Amsterdam and you want to try some stuff. I know it feels like you're in like Sodom and Gomorrah or like Babylon and like everything is permissive, but just be careful making sure you're, make sure you're making smart decisions, especially if you're going um, from a different country. Um, shit does happen to people. Um, so yeah, just make sure you're you're taking care of yourself and you're you're in a, a safe place. Um, you're in a place that would be a good effect from you, and always be careful about who you're buying stuff from, even if it is like in a store there, because um, everything affects people differently. She's fine now. <laughs> if you could, I guess, approximate how many, I guess, blocks ish would you say the red light district is? I so I wouldn't measure it in blocks because it's like an it's not like one line. It's mm. like an area. Okay. So it like twists and turns like on itself. It's almost like a small neighborhood within the larger city of Amsterdam. Gotcha. Yeah. And is it easy to just I guess stumble into it or is it very obvious like I am heading to the red light district? 
I mean, I would say, is it easy to stumble into it? Because, like, you know, like, in America, like, when you're, like, let's say on the highway, there's plenty of signs, like, Baltimore is this exit, and then you know, oh. several other miles, like, can I, if I'm just walking through the streets, could I just happen to have ended up in the red light district, or, like... If you were walking randomly enough, but, like, there would be... Things with the dem like the things about what kind of places you're seeing would start to change Got you. quite gradually the closer you get to it. Okay. Yeah. And that's at least like how I remember it. Got you. When um, you said dirty, I didn't know if maybe there was like this cloud over it. And it's like <laughs> the moment you pass that black cloud, you're in the you're in the, you're in the, you're in the dome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then just like seeing all these really old ass creepy men, um, like wandering around, like prowling the corners and stuff. It's actually like very unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not allowed to film or take photos of any of the women. Um, if you try to film or take photos of them, a big burly man will come out of the door and take your shit and delete it off of it. Um, they do have security at least. Um, which is something in all of those places, but obviously you should never um, try to film a sex worker so you can have some shit on your Instagram or Snapchat feed. If that's why you're going to Amsterdam, do not go. You will get your shit snatched. It's also extremely disrespectful to sex workers um, to be like co-opting their bodies and their image without even compensating them in the first place, which I, either way you really shouldn't be doing. Um, but moving more to the positive, uh, my favorite thing about the red light district was the food because they know everybody there is stoned and smacked as fuck. So they have every kind of munchies you could ever want. We went to this place called Walk-In, which was like a Chinese food like spot, but like Walk was spelled like W-O-K and we were high. So we just thought that was such a clever name. They had like these delicious little like boxes of like noodles you could get with toppings, but like every topping cost like five euros. So we just got the one topping because we were poor. Uh, we did see some Australian people come in. Uh, they thought that the toppings were included, so they were adding all these toppings. The man behind the counter, he was getting so excited. He was like, yes, 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 more toppings, more toppings. But then he was like, okay, now it'll be like 70 euros, because they got like more than one thing. And they were like, I can't do an Australian accent. They were like, what? No. And he's like, you said you want toppings. And they're like, yeah, but like, no, we thought they were included. And we were just like at our table eating our noodles like, you stupid bitches. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was awesome. Another really amazing pancake place we went to. Um, I don't remember the name, but it was like a pancake or waffle house. It was like so beautiful and peaceful there. And I think it was actually a little bit um, out of the main area of the red light district. I definitely remember it was near the water. Um, Amsterdam also has a river running through it. It's like a big boat city. There's like houseboats and stuff. Um, but it was like this amazing pancake restaurant. We were sitting down at this table having these beautiful pancakes. Everything was white and blue and peaceful. And then like at the table next to us is like a man who looked like he was just teleported from the 1970s into uh, 2015. He's been like all corduroy and like a brown turtleneck and he had like a briefcase. Not a briefcase. And like some heel boots and like a long like blonde ponytail and has some name that was like so mysterious and out of place. Like, I don't know, Chet. Riley, Maple, I don't know. And we just started talking to him and he was like so mysterious. I felt somehow, you know, you meet some people and they're like living in a different reality from the rest of us. He was one of those people. I don't know what his business was. Maybe he was like one of those drug dealers or something, but he was like the nicest man ever. He said he was Canadian. Uh, he was really dope. We were just talking to him for a while and like gagging at his mystery and how like interesting he was. And then he just like disappeared. We never saw him again. But yeah, in Amsterdam, you can all, or in the red light district, you can also meet interesting people as well. I'll wrap up my story by saying 
if you choose to go to Amsterdam, that is quite different from choosing to go to the red light district. Um, our hostel was in the red light district, which I would not do again if I was planning to go back to Amsterdam. Um, we did leave the red light district to go to the Rijksmuseum um, so I could revisit it as an adult and actually like remember all the paintings and stuff. It's super beautiful. Um, I do believe you get in for free if you are um, below the age. Well, in Europe, they have this thing where if you're below the age of 25 and you're a European citizen, you get in for free. Um, but I think also if you're like only like 18 or 19, they also let you in for free. Okay. Um, so Educate yeah. Youth. Yeah, something like that. So that's something to consider. It's really beautiful and amazing at that museum. Uh, and I'll just wrap up by saying, yeah, choose where you stay wisely. Um, I know that we want to like always like save money and also going to hostels can be really fun and interesting experiences. But the hostel we were in was dirty. They were mice. We actually caught a mouse in a trash can and we went to go tell the manager who was like this African man who was like stoned all the time. We were like, there are mice in this hostel. He was like, what? There are no mice. And we were like, no, look, we caught one. We like brought him upstairs. And he literally looked at the mice in the trash can, a mouse in the trash can. He was like, oh. And he tipped the trash can over and let the mouse go free. Like he was living his own truth. He was like, I said what I said. There are no mice. And now there is no evidence. He brought that from outside. Yeah. So girls. And honestly, I don't even remember the trip. Oh, wait, no, I do. So we took the bus trip back. Um, my friend bought a, uh, Mama Sam brought a space cake with him um, on the bus. Uh, sometimes we've heard that the buses going to or from Amsterdam do get stopped by police, depending on well, which country you're crossing through, um, with like drug dogs, because people do like bring stuff. That did not happen to us, although that was something we had heard about. And so we had a safe trick back, and I had some pre, oh no, I also brought pre-rolls back with me. So we were fine. And I remember I kept them in my room and um, I saw I could like smoke out the window or like go smoke on the roof of like my apartment building. It was like a nice treat to have from Amsterdam. Um, also just to have actual weed because all the weed I had in Paris was shit um, or it was like it's synthetic weed and like disgusting. So I just only ever smoked hash in Paris. Um, so it was nice to have actual weed at that time. And I remember my Swedish friend, she came to like my apartment, came in my room. And she was like, your room smells like a marijuana farm because I had the brew rolls. So, you know, it was good. Um, yeah. And that's how I traveled through time to Amsterdam. Uh, a couple of things before we switch over. Um, synthetic weed is trash. Do not ever. Don't smoke it ever. Don't do it. It's no. not worth it. Like, don't know. It's trash. Um, synthetic also dangerous. Yeah. Um, also, so... It sounds like your uh, experience uh, when you were older was, uh, you know, you could say a bit devastating. Would you, is the Red Lake District something that you think people should see just to experience it? Or is it really like you're only going there for one reason, period? Uh, for example, uh, Skid Row in L.A., I would show someone just kind of, just because it's kind of like, this is a real thing, but like I wouldn't like you don't stay there. You just kind of see it to see, say you've seen it. Is Red Light District worth that? Or it's really like you're going there for one thing. And if you're not there for that, you're going to have a bad time. That's interesting. So I think everyone is different. And it's a really good question. Um, for me, like, yes, you use the word devastating. The whole, like, sex worker part of it was devastating for me, like, as a woman, um, as a feminist, um, there, there's nothing wrong with me for sex work. It was just the way in which I saw women being like marketed. Um, also they have women who are like dressed up to appear younger for like age play. And that was very troubling. Obviously you're doing sex work. 
do your thing. Um, but I just think that even though it's legalized and I know that they do have forms of protection, I think that there's always room for exploitation. What I saw with the black women who were like on that morning shift really deeply troubled me um, as a person. Um, so it's like, I mean, go to the red light district if you want to go to the red light district. It is, of course, a once in a lifetime experience, you know? And so how can I say, no, you shouldn't go because mm -hmm. I'm not someone, because I went. <laughs> yeah. I went being like, let's go. Let's see. It was not what I thought. Okay. Um, and just the kind of dirt, the constant litter, the way people are acting, because people are coming to get fucked up. So if you're looking for like a nice, peaceful experience, um, I would say stay out of the red light district. Um, if you really want to know what it's like and you want to say that you went, um, go and you can take uh, the story I told you as your, as your grain of salt before going. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a once in a lifetime experience. Um, I do recommend the cafe culture if you like to smoke weed. Um, there's really nothing quite like it. Um, okay. So yeah, there are ways to experience cafe culture but not have to be on those like red light streets. Um, specifically, you will know when they like start to, when it starts to turn into that. Because once you go onto one street with the women in the windows, it it's like a connects. Mm -hmm. There's different branches. There were some that were like downstairs into alleys that we did not even we nope. We're like we're not making those turns. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there are ways to experience uh, and get whatever you want um, out of that. So, and then uh, my final question to you before we switch over. Um. Would you say one experience was better than the other? Oh, okay. So for this traveling through time, no. I okay. wouldn't say one experience was better than the other. I will always treasure those like family trips we took because um, they were amazing. Uh, we had really good times. Um, I got to experience so much so young. Um, and that's quite different than being, you know, uh, I was high, you know, basically for three days straight. <laughs> that's like a, it's an like constant. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah just going um yeah that's like a an intense way to be so no they're not uh one is not better than the other at all they're just different nice excellent um after this uh quick ad commercial break we'll come back your girl beans will share her traveling through time story Welcome back. It's Beans here. Now it's my turn to travel through time. Which country are you traveling through time? I am actually going to be traveling in America. Oh! Yes. Uh, we do definitely have a lot of international stories, but you know, for our international listeners, America would be a crazy experience for them. Not crazy, but you know, a different mm -hmm. experience for them. Um, so I'm actually going to share a story um, of a resort that I have been going to for a long time um, that's in the state of Virginia. Uh, the resort is called Massanutten. Wait, is it Massanutten Mountain? Maybe. I guess Massanutten it is Mountain. Okay, yeah. because the woman I was with last night had a blanket from Massanutten Mountain Resort. Okay, yeah, that's it. And she told me she's been like a member since she was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. I've never heard of this place before. And, and now it's so everywhere. many people. It's everywhere around me. It's everywhere. It might be a sign. Um, and uh, as we we're saying, it is a resort. So um, the setup is that, yes, it's in the mountains. Um, 
it's popular year round um but when i was going it was always like in the winter time so we always went right after christmas and we would stay until a couple of days after new year's mm-hmm. um do they have like special new year's events like fireworks or something not necessarily fireworks but like the winter sports are amazing there because mm-hmm. again it's in the mountains mm-hmm. so like there's uh, tubing, there's skiing, there's snowboarding, and I believe there's a couple other things. So, like, they, they, it's a very popular area yeah. for winter sports and for families. Um, so, the first time that I went to Massanutten, I was probably like around five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of was like a yearly trip for m- me and my family. Um, we did it easily till I was probably like 11 or 12, I would say. Um, wow. Yeah, my dad's friend uh, from college, he was the one that had the timeshare. Uh, so anyone that doesn't know what a timeshare is, basically it's like sharing the deed of a property that's not really yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put money towards a deed, um, and then you can request different times to go out and use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they have like huge places i'm talking like three story three to four story townhomes with a variety of bedrooms Mm. in it so when i was going with my parents we were going because his friend from college owned the timeshare but like when we're going it's like my family his friend's family and like three to four other families like all of the college friends Mm -hmm. were coming back with their their families exactly so it's like um probably about five or six families in total and this place is huge like we're not stacked on top of each other like we all have our own rooms and stuff mm-hmm. like that there's enough space for the kids and everybody um and it's just a great time i mean every year we go it was like my first time ever experiencing tubing and um wait are you do. tubing like on snow or in like a cold river in the winter tubing on snow oh okay yes tubing on snow so you are in an inner tube and you got like all your layers on your snowsuit and everything you sit on your tube they hook it to um like a a machine and it pulls you up Mm -hmm. so you're just sitting on your tube being pulled up a mountain at like a i don't know my angles it's not 95 yeah maybe like a 45 degree angle and it feels like you're being pulled up for like five to ten minutes it sometimes feels like forever which as it's building up like you know roller coasters like mm-hmm. they're going up you're just like oh my god we're still going up <laughs> why did i do this <laughs> like we're still going up you get to the top they have a variety of lanes let's say about eight lanes you mm-hmm. pick a lane and when it's your turn you just hop on the tube and you go down you can go sitting on your butt you can go sliding on your stomach and it's like three to four big like ridges Mm -hmm. so like it's like a a huge snow slide okay yeah and so you did this like you went tubing every year exactly until you stopped going exactly um and i did skiing for a little bit uh skiing was not necessarily my parents cup of tea some how old were you when you started skiing because that is a dangerous oh i don't know probably around that six seven year old time yeah you know pizza french fries um for, uh, yeah, so that was pretty much the family experience. Uh, and we would always do the New Year's countdown in the timeshare, always cooking and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and just sharing food and everything. There's a Walmart and everything you need is like in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're a uh, recluster, you know. Yeah, it's almost like being off. at like a beach house or something. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff close by. And um, now people do go in the summer because they do have recreations, like they have equestrian activities, mm-hmm. they have a water park. Um, so they do have summer stuff as well. It's just I always happen to go in the winter. Okay. Um, and yes, that was definitely something that I always looked forward to. Um, so fast forward, I uh, got the chance to go back uh, last year. 
Um, I went back with my boyfriend. Ooh la la. Yes, indeed. A little bit, a uh, little vacation there, and um, so I hadn't been in years. Um, a lot has changed uh, by a lot. Like the biggest thing is like our climate has changed. Wait, so have... how old are you now, so people know? Because the last time you went, a woman you were never 11. knows her age after this point. Um, <laughs> I'm past the point where you shouldn't talk about age. I'm madam. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. Uh, we're 29. Yeah. No, I think it was 30. Oh my God, was I 30? No, I just turned 30. Oh my gosh, 29. so you hadn't been there for 18 years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got you. So 18 it's a years time, later, huge gap. what's the biggest thing that changed? Um, honestly, the weather. It used to be snowed out. Like, you know, we were younger. Like, Christmases were like white Christmases. Like, oh, but you went for Christmas. Stuff. I thought you went at a different time. Uh, no, we went November, like right before Christmas. Okay. Yes, we went like a, like a couple weeks before, still around the same mm. time. It used to, we were younger. It used to snow from like top of november to like january yeah i remember that we into really, april sometimes yes we haven't really had like consistent snow like that before so like when we went they had to like delay the tubing because they had to like make snow Damn. um so at these resorts like again they're popular for snow sports so like if there is no snow then they make snow and yeah. there's like fake snow everywhere but so like we went the weekend before they had the the tubing and stuff out because um, yeah. there was no snow um, climate change. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. So depressing. 18 years. Like, damn. It's literally like, I'll be like, oh, like, I remember this used to happen when I was younger. Yeah. I honestly feel like this year is the most, like, the summers and springs of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, for the first time in such a long time. Yeah. Maybe that's um, also because the cicadas came back. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, and then it was different because, like, you know, when I was going before, it was a, a house full of just activity like kids running around mm-hmm. parents doing stuff you know this time it was just me and him chilling out wait so where did you stay you didn't stay in a uh, big we stayed uh it was it was like relative it was like kind of big it was two floors and it was three or three or four bedrooms all the places are huge like there's not like a small little they're mm-hmm. all like meant for like group activities or just like a nice little getaway but they definitely provide you that space okay um so the the environment was just different, you know, went from like loud and booming to just relaxed and chill. Intimate. Um, the, the weather evening. was different, exactly. Um, we did a lot more. I experienced a lot more of the resort provided activities. Um, so I didn't know that the resort offered so many things. Like they have a spa there, mm. I had no idea. And at the spa, you can get a massage. They mm. did a couples massage thing where they teach you how you can massage your partner. Ooh. So it was like a free, like half an hour session of the guy teach just teaching us different things. Exactly. He'll massage his lover for a lifetime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't know they even had those activities there because I always just did whatever my parents took us to. Yep. Um, Which was not massages. <laughs> um, experiencing the shops. Things are super expensive at resorts because they're trying to get over you because it's a tourist trap. Yep. Um, and then I saw the water park, which I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's an indoor water park. I didn't even know they had that. It might have been somewhat newer. Hmm. You know, if it was 18 years, maybe it's like a 10-year-old water park. But I didn't really yeah, remember that the, from before. The girl I was with last night told me that since she's been going... She there's always been a water park that she got gotcha. to, and she's yeah. 22. So okay, yeah. So well, maybe the, your parents the just time. know that water parks are nasty and filled with disease. They, they probably could be that they're like, we didn't come here to go. We didn't come here to get hepatitis B. <laughs> we came here to have a family time. Exactly. <laughs> um, and now the biggest difference as a child, they can't talk to you about timeshares, but as an adult. Those times, any jokes <laughs> that you hear about timeshares, it's real. So if anyone has ever seen the South Park episode about timeshares, it 
it's satire, but it's so true. So like, if they not. do, oh my goodness, I it's know, crazy. I know the idea that they're constantly pressuring you and stuff. I would just say, I already have a timeshare. They don't care. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're like, like, you could have another. Yeah, anything outside of yes is going to warrant them to keep going. I'm like, sure they're trained to not take anything but yes. No, like seriously. So let me tell you. So first and foremost, they call and my boyfriend picks up and they're like, hey, we want to, we want you to come sit in on the meeting and after the meeting, we'll give you a, I think it was like a $100 Visa gift card or something like oh that. Oh my God. Yeah, so if you just have to sit through this presentation and we'll give you the gift card at the end. And he's like, okay, cool. And I was like, babe, they're going to try to sell us a timeshare. It's going to like be a time waster. Like, we just shouldn't do it. Yeah. He's like, I mean, he said, they said it'll only be like an hour, hour and a half. And I'm like, I don't like think that's, like, I don't think that it's going to just be that. And even if it's just an hour and a half, like, if it's for $100, yeah, that's it's like, like, you only get the one gift card. Yeah, you it's each get like $50. Minutes. Let's just go do something else. <laughs> but he wanted to do it. Um, so we went there and, you know, they walk you around and he's showing you all the history of mass and nothing there's like a huge um there's a huge what is it like a sculpture of the area whatever that's a huge space that's <laughs> nothing is huge like i didn't realize that's another thing i didn't realize how big it was uh-huh. like they have activities everywhere like it's i don't even know how to say it's like acres and acres and acres so this and is acres a mountain town yeah or, kind okay. of yeah like it was huge okay um, and like there are people that still have their houses there like when they bought over the space to mm-hmm. turn into a resort some people are like I'm not selling yeah so and now like, those houses I'm sure are worth a, a pretty penny a pretty pretty penny um, so they show you the maps they show you like yeah you know if you get you know you lease one of our things it's like a package deal it's like a, you buy with the company so yes you're buying like a deed at a place but you can also like go to one of the resorts in Puerto Rico oh. or go to one of the resorts in Jamaica and that's how they get yeah, you yeah exactly so like we're around the world and then they drive you through Massanutten and they took you to a second location oh my gosh you leave the main building kidnapped you leave the main building and then they take you to like the um apartments it's almost like you're apartment shopping mm-hmm. so they take you to these different staged apartments and like you can have option a or option b and it's this much a month blah 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 mm-hmm. then they take you for the final where they make the offer and they want you to sign on this deal and they're yeah like, we have this place left and it only costs you like five thousand dollars total for five thousand dollars you can buy out this deed and we're like okay no we're good and he's like well no like why aren't you good and like they're trying to like overcome all your objectives yeah he like the guy that was touring us around leaves and brings in this other guy and this guy's like yeah i'm the ceo i just happened to be here today and i heard you were interested in shopping with us and like they were so aggressive and like so for a bit there, my boyfriend well, he was actually considering it. I'm yeah, I'm like, sure. can we leave? <laughs> what are we going with this? I sat there. I called two people that I knew that owned a timeshare. One of them was pretty much like, uh, I didn't hate that I bought it, but like, they lie about the booking. They mm-hmm. say you just you know pick a space online and book it, but it's like if you don't do it like two years out, you're not getting a space. Damn. Um, and then the other person, she was like, I hate it. <laughs> like I hate it, hate it. I'm locked in. I can't do anything about it. I hate you it. You can't like sell out your. You can thing. try, yeah, but like you're gonna sell Who it at like, a all, like a so little yeah. fraction of a cost. Yeah, it's terrible. All right. Um, Timeshares are like an old embedded scam that like. No one knew it was a scam until it was too late. And a lot of people, because, like, again, it's a deed. So you can pass on a timeshare yeah. through, like, through families. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you could put your timeshare in your will. 
That's wild. Yeah. So um, is it that you pay per month or is it just like flat? You're paying per month. For a place because you're not even once you pay it out, you still have to pay like monthly maintenance fees because they're taking care of everything and That's electricity and stuff. Yeah, like I said, it's like imagine like you and a bunch of like you and fifty other strangers are just paying on this place that you get to see for one week out of the year. And they're literally making so much money if you and it's like so many people. I mean, there's fifty two weeks in a year, so let's say they have fifty two people paying mm-hmm. for one property way above whatever it's worth mm-hmm. that's insane yeah and then um the best part um it was three hours in total i told you that was a lie as soon as you said i knew hour, it was I a was lie like, i knew it was a lie but you know people Mentirosa. out there in relationships if that's what they want to do you this just is why i can't be in a relationship because i can't compromise those kinds of things <laughs> i can't get dragged into those kinds of situations anymore you really wanted to get i'm card. too mean about it you're a saint because that would have started a breakup for me, honestly. <laughs> this is how well, your story beans just literally the story beans just told is how my relationships end, <laughs> and that's why I don't say yes to things I don't want to do because it's gonna take us to a place we can't come back from. Oh my goodness, the tour itself was two hours, and then they spent an hour trying to get you to say yes. They spent an hour trying to get you to say yes, and then here's the cherry top of the cake. So they take us back to the Kids original don't have building. <laughs> Here's the uh, some cakes do which, a pineapple upside cake? down cake has a cherry. Boom. Anyway, Whatever. so they take you back to the original <laughs> building in which you came from, and you know they're about to sign you out so we can get this hundred dollar mm. gift card. So they pass us off to some nice old lady or whatever, and then she's like, "Yeah, getting all buddy buddy, talking about her daughter and talking about me and uh, my boyfriend and our future and blah blah blah." And she's like, "Okay, so my job is to let you know about the cheapest." properties that we have right now lol so it went from us saying no in the other room to them sending us to someone else who's still trying to sell yeah. us the timeshares that we said no to they, already they're like if we can just get that they're literally it's like psychological like because some people will fall for it if someone comes in and says like oh i'm the ceo some people fall for like the feeling that they're getting special treatment yeah. they're like okay maybe what they need is the family approach yeah. let's send it a nice old lady that yeah. they can trust yeah she's like so if the budget was the problem we have these even cheaper ones and I'm the one to show you like the cheapest of the cheap and it's like when did no stop meaning no yeah we're not poor we are good (laughs) we're good good so finally let us go and they do give us the gift card um and then we went to Olive Garden with it and did some other stuff I got gas and stuff like that yeah um but no so that was uh annoying having to experience that um again I referenced the South Park episode because there's a part where like they leave the uh, meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they put them on the ski lift and says, okay, you can go enjoy the resort. They, they ski lift them out of the meeting room into another building, <laughs> back into another meeting. And I was like, they really just did that to us. Like, they really just handed us, us off to someone else <laughs> to keep trying to sell us a timeshare. But yeah. why don't you just get up and walk out? Because if you get up and walk out, you can't get the gift card. God damn it. You're literally <laughs> letting someone kidnap you for three. It's like you're putting yourself in a hostage. It's like being in one of those escape rooms, honestly. Is really how was. I think about it. Like, what's the puzzle piece I need to get out of here? <laughs> what 
what's like, the secret code? Yeah. <laughs> he said, if you pass the lion and there's the torch, if you knock it over, you should be free. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here being talked about <laughs> Okay, so yeah. this, was that the biggest difference between you traveling there? It was. I mean, it was just, I just got to see different things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we didn't do any of the sport activities. I got to see more of like the resort style activities. Mm-hmm. And of course, we did like couple stuff versus yeah. like family stuff. Um, so those were the biggest things. Oh, and um, <laughs> this is tripper stripping. I got to try Adderall for the first time ever. He was like, he was like, hey, I have some Adderall, and I was like, I've never done it before. And he it's was like, just methamphetamine. Yeah, so. I had no idea. He was like, you can split it in half. So it's like already one in the morning, and we were like, all right, let's take an Adderall. And so we uh, looked up different card games uh, for two players, and we discovered Kings in the Corner, which is so fun. What's Kings in the Corner? I will teach you after this podcast. Okay. Um, it's kind of like solitaire, but like for multiple players. Okay. Um, and we've actually, ever since that trip, we've brought it back to other people, and now we've got a bunch of people addicted How to it. How late were you up playing Kings in the Corner on it? Uh, I think we played Kings in the Corner. We were on Adderall. I don't even know if time is a thing. I would approximate that we played Kings in the Corner for about uh, two hours or so. Oh. And then we just did other stuff. Oh, but I meant like, were you up until the sunrise? Yo, one hundred percent. I don't yeah. think I went to sleep until like eight o'clock in That's the morning. Insane. Um, and even then, it's like the Adderall kept waking me back up. So like, I would nod off for like twenty minutes. <laughs> it was minutes. like surprise. Yeah, I would nod off for twenty <laughs> minutes, and my heart would be like, I'm awake. <laughs> so like, I don't think we really slept slept again until we got back home because we did this the night before our last uh-huh. day. Um, yeah, so it was my first time doing Adderall, and I mean it was cool. You're just super focused, and you're just like. Yeah. I'm on a mission to do whatever I'm doing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. For so, those who don't know, Adderall is the exact same chemical composition as methamphetamine. The mm-hmm. difference is that methamphetamine is just made with like gasoline and Sudafed and things under your sink and whatever. I don't know the recipe. <laughs> but I don't know. It's not like you're starting to write out your. I've seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so that's a thing. I did know tons of kids who would like do Adderall in college to quote unquote study. No, not at Penn State. It was not quote unquote. They were studying. It's not quote unquote. Yeah, no, they were studying. They're like, I went through this whole semester and didn't learn anything. Let me do some Adderall and pass this final. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve hours later, they got a degree. (laughs) All right. So this has been. Traveling through time. Yes. To different vacations. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Are there any last thoughts you want to leave us with me? I have a question. Uh, is there a place that you visited as a kid and then again as an adult um, that changed vastly? And how did it change? Are there places you visited when you were younger that you would never go back to? And why or why not? Like for me, I know there's uh, like the island of Antigua. We always used to go there. Um, as kids, I would never want to go back because those memories are so beautiful and precious to me. I just want them to remain the way they were. Plus, I heard the island's gotten super touristy. Um, so if any of you listeners have ever been in a situation like that, where you feel like there's a place that just, you know, stays true in your memory, you don't want to go back as an adult, or there's a place you've experienced at different times in your life and want to tell us about it, please send us an email and tell us your awesome traveling through time experience at trippertrippin at gmail.com. That's T-R-I-P-P-E-R-S-T-R-I-P-P-N at gmail.com. Have a great day. Stay traveling. (laughs) So after this episode, can you decide, are you going or not?